We have tackled many strange stories on 60 Minutes, but perhaps none like this. It's the story of the U.S. government's grudging acknowledgement of unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, more commonly known as UFOs. After decades of public denial, the Pentagon now admits there's something out there, and the U.S. Senate wants to know what it is. The Intelligence Committee has ordered the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense to deliver a report on the mysterious sightings by next month. Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Hopefully you've already watched the 60 Minutes episode on unidentified aerial phenomenon that recently aired, but if you haven't, don't worry, we have you covered. UAPs are the theme of today's episode, and it's a doozy. We cover a wide range of topics from UAPs and USOs to Chaos Magic and Robert Vince. This is Against All Oddities. just say ufos and uaps uaps i i thought about this a lot in my two and a half hour drive up from connecticut and uh listened to a few different podcasts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh i'm gonna save i have three very good theories about everything about ufos but we have to wait till the end because that's going to blow your mind. Yeah. It's already blown. The um, Blew my mind years ago. <laughs> I don't have much left. Yeah, Nate, you should do the introduction. Maybe you could talk about UAPs and Tic Tac specifically. And we'll, well, we'll start Tim, why don't, why don't we start with you telling us what a UAP is for those squares that are still using outdated terminology. Um, unidentified aerial phenomena 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 cool yeah uaps are the uh the new hip lingo i don't know i don't know i've been thinking about it i haven't done any research because i feel like as someone who was who was convinced he was abducted by aliens as a child i feel like i'm basically an expert <laughs> <laughs> I did no research because I was planning on full weight leaning on Nate on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm 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 there. I, just, I, I was trying to look up the guy. Who's the guy that, that did uh, not the blink? Deep threat. Not Tom DeLonge or whatever, but the other guy that's on all the interviews lately. Um, he was the Pentagon investigator. Yeah. Uh, what went out with that? Lou, it's Lou Elizondo. Elizondo, yeah. Well, Inspector I, General Compliant, complaint, blah, well, blah, 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 blah. Riddle me this. Uh, so, I just, I all this video footage 
of these Tic Tacs and UAPs and stuff. It's just like, I just feel like if they're good enough to like do what they do, how are we seeing them at all? Like, are, you know what I mean? I have an answer for that, but before you go, explain the videos for our audience that has lived under a rock for the last. Which one do you go to when you think UAP video? Which one do you see in your head, Tim? The Tic Tac, because it's what Nate's been joking about for six months. <laughs> and he made a Tic Tac birthday cake for me at the lake trip. Okay. And I drew a Tic Tac little comic strip and sent it to you guys. I saw. That I, I feel like we were onto something there. Yeah, with the time or a children's book, Tommy: The Adventures of Tommy the Tic Tac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just what it, the problem with doing a, a kids book explaining UAPs to children when they like when all the new government data comes out and like America America's children are forced to confront the fact that aliens are real and technology outside of this. To terrestrial plane is is a real thing well you like, don't have to well we have to do some kind of due diligence to like actually give them the information they have to sleep at night <laughs> you know uh, what i mean like no, we I need some kind of moral like don't worry the tic tac's okay and ultimately yeah. it means that we're not alone and <laughs> you know that's the point of the children's story that's what I mean. Like, there's yeah. got to be a, there's got to be some kind of lesson. <laughs> it's not just like uh, I think tic -tac goofy. <laughs> yeah, make it be goofy and not a scary thing because yeah. we're never gonna know. I don't think we're gonna know anytime soon what they are, and I'm getting ready for a great amount of disappointment on the uh, government report because I, I really don't think. It's, anything it's, awesome's gonna come out <laughs> nothing's ever come out that's awesome from a government report yeah. like they, they they know how to neutralize awesome very quickly <laughs> um well it's just that you know it makes me think of like you know that scene in communion the the christopher walken movie about aliens you you people you're in i'm telling you you're in for one big surprise one very big surprise all those people in the subway never got surprised, <laughs> even though they're, no. you know what I mean? Like, like there's the surprises out there, but I just feel like, like, like Christopher Walken's character in the autobiographical communion movie, we're never going to know the surprise. It's going to be like exactly 60 years from now when the curtains get lifted and we're, everyone's like, oh, I sure am glad to be 40 years old in the year 2075. You know, you know, like, we'll just die. And, like, like Jack, Jack's, Jack's going to have a great time with the aliens when he's a, when he's a middle-aged man, but we are not. <laughs> it's already kind of hard to talk to him about it because he was like, what's Tic Tac? And I'm like, it was this UAP. And he was like, like an alien? I was like, no. Ah. Oh, that's Maybe. why I kind of got stuck. It's like it could be technology that we just don't understand, but it, it was a ship flying around that they couldn't identify, and it was going really fast. It's, a, I guess, what I mean, we've been talking about it. Let's, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and start to try to, yes, I'm, I'm claiming the introduction to Tic Tac, but Nate's gonna take over. Um, so it was an older video, it's 15, 16 years old, it was 17 years old now, it's from 2004. So there's a um, FA 18 Super Hornet, like a fighter jet. Uh, the pilot was Chad Underwood, and he recorded a video of a, quote, bizarre and erratic UFO, but it has since been renamed a UAP phenomenon. But anyway, apparently, 
There's some objects that were way too high to be birds, about 28,000 feet, but moving way too slow uh, for that. For uh, it was it, for conventional aircraft don't don't move as slow as they were, and it was uh, it was a handful of them. It was a cluster of like a couple of them, like four or five, and they're like on the. I'm I'm very much paraphrasing at this point. Sure. But uh, it zoomed from 60,000 feet. As soon as they recorded it on the radar, it zoomed from 60,000 feet down to 50 feet above the Pacific Ocean without producing any sort of sonic boom. Uh, and the radar operators spent two weeks trying to figure out what the objects were. And... Can I make some corrections to the Tic Tac story? Yes, please. <laughs> so the... Uh... The video that you see from the, uh, whatever, the targeting camera, that actually happened later and not by the pilot that saw, the first pilot that saw the Tic Tac. And apparently around the Nivens in 2004, they had noticed a lot of radar signatures that were appearing at 80,000 feet and dropping to sea level in a matter of seconds. So they knew what area they were seeing these things. And during a training mission, there were two F-18s, both with uh, a pilot and, and a, a, navigator. The, a navigator or whatever in the back. And they, they flew out in the area and they were warned like, hey, you might see some weird stuff out here. We're getting these weird radar things. They saw the Tic Tac shaped thing that was 40 feet long. He said about the size of an F-18 because the, on the 60 Minutes interview, which was awesome and worth looking at uh, on uh, YouTube. And then underneath the water, there was something about the size of a 747 bubbling. And it was calm, flat seas, but all this turbulent water underneath the Tic Tac looking thing. And so he started the one pilot, uh, and there was a female uh, second pilot that was on the 60 Minutes interview. I can't remember their name. She stayed in like a higher orbit or whatever. She was cruising around uh, up high. And then he started uh, spiraling down in a descent spiral. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Tic Tac looked up like it was looking at him, pointing at him, <laughs> and started mirroring his circle towards him. <laughs> and I heard him say two stories. One is when it started doing that, he immediately bottomed the plane and just started right at it. Like it was an instinctual yeah. attack thing. <laughs> and another one, he didn't mention that, but he, what he said is when it got close uh, to the unit, it just disappeared like super fast. And then it reappeared 60 miles later in a matter of seconds, 60 miles farther away in a matter of seconds. And that, it was a third pilot that got the uh, the, footage. Of the footage that you see. That's awesome. And way, sorry, I should have, I should know that story that well and like rereading the interviews are gonna <laughs> make it more real to me. But, um, you know, in the 60 minutes, they all, they all said if it was just them, they would never have said anything. Yeah. But but the fact that four people physically witnessed it, and then it was on radar, and they caught it on the, the gimbal thing, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Real. You know, or whatever they said. Yeah, like this happened. Yeah, it, you can't play, do it. And apparently also heard, like, from one of the original things for when it was released years and years ago, was like when they got back on the deck, all the people had their cell phones playing the X-Files theme when they saw him that day. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. One of the pilots, one of the quotes is also, it's an interview with New York Magazine, like in 2019. 
the whole interview is like pretty interesting but the very end of it he said uh at no point did I want to speculate as to what I thought this thing was or be associated with, you know, alien beings or alien aircraft and all that stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a part of that community. It's just what we call a UFO. I couldn't identify it. It was flying and it was an object. It's as simple as that. I'll let the nerds like do the math on what it <laughs> was likely to be. I just happened to be the person that brought back the video. <laughs> Spoken like a true pilot. I think you, know you gotta. We should interview whiff. Matt, our cousin Matt, who's a pilot for the Air Force. I feel like Wait. we should. I bet he would do it, but I would. I would hope that he's got juicy stuff that he's not allowed to talk about. <laughs> like, he's he's also active military. There's no way he's going to say anything. That's why I don't think but he he, he could do it. Analyze. He could analyze the video footage. Yeah, but Nate. I, why don't you I, talk about the report also? I think uh, or we you don't have to we could also get back to tic tac because I, I don't know if we've well i think it's okay to do just your ufos and I, the tic tac's the best because that's by far in the history of anything of ufos i think this is by the most talked about and seriously taken ufo encounter like it, yeah. you can go back to 1947 and and they've there have been some uh some things alluding to um Roswell and uh, the guy that I was just talking about, my computer, Elizondo, yeah. uh, he he alluded in the most recent interview that there was something crashed in uh, Italy like the year before Roswell and those parts were shipped to the U.S. for study, mm. which I thought was interesting. And then Roswell... Um, of course, you know, and I honestly think Roswell could be a weather balloon. Sure. Um, and the reason is at the time it was top secret. You had weather balloons that were uh, going up at high altitude to measure for radiation to see if Russians were testing nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons, yeah. But the initial military report said flying disc captured or something, and that's when, and then they changed it later and corrected it to... Um, yeah and then the men in black came and threatened everybody to never say anything so i mean but the u.s was so weird back then it's hard to say yeah it could have been a weather balloon and that's i think that's the start of people never creating the x-files and no one ever trusting the government because all from day one of ufos the government's like swamp gas i don't know you people are crazy <laughs> yeah. you know and in the part of that's protecting technology like in 1979, yeah, totally. 1979, if you saw a stealth bomber fly at treetop level, you would be like, WTF, a UFO. Yeah, and they were thinking about it because not soon after 79, you know, the SR-71 came out, like they mm. started thinking about. Uh, so, so that was late 50s. Oh, really? That's right. Cause... Yeah, so the, you had the U-2 spy plane in the 50s. The yeah. SR-71 was in development, and that was the secret plane in the 60s. Exactly. And through the 70s, eventually it retired in the 80s. Uh, yeah. It was just fast as shit. And that that plane, the SR-71 Blackbird, was so awesome. Like, it, was, it would just leak and rain fuel before it took off because... <laughs> All of the metal would compress going like over Mach 3. So they had to keep everything a little loose. loose. <laughs> so the fuel tanks so it could compress. And 
the pilot's watches would be 30 minutes slower getting off that plane or 30 seconds uh, slower or something. That's awesome. Like, cause they were getting closer to this, you know, not, it's not, it's even like a, beyond a small fraction of the speed of light, but that whole Pythagorean but, but theorem. Physics started actually coming into play. <laughs> yeah, they were going that fast. And they kept remembering they'd see like the MiG-25 or whatever that the, uh, Russia built a plane to take out the SR-71. And there was like a pilot story about how he could see that was the closest he saw one was the glint of metal looking down. Because these planes are like thousands and thousands of feet up <laughs> going like over Mach 3. And he can see he saw the glint of a plane trying to fire a missile at him. <laughs> and that was the closest you know, that he ever That's anybody awesome. ever got. Yeah. I, when I was in Cuba, I actually I saw the spy plane that they shot down. They have it in a museum. Oh, no way. The <laughs> yeah, the U-2. I was like, huh. creepy planes, too. Yeah, they like, look like drones. And they can fly. Their thing was altitude. It yeah, they're necessarily... high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, high you equals can't fast in a sense because your ground oh, yeah. speed. The higher you go, your the faster your ground speed yeah. is. I think that that's part of the. And the weird thing about the government report that's coming out is that they're saying, well, whatever we saw in 2004 was a hundred years more advanced than us. Yeah. Uh, it couldn't have been Russia because Russia was still in recovering from the ashes of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, they were in no place for it. They would have to develop that tech 10, 20 years in advance, and they weren't in a place to do that. In China right now, the fighter planes they're releasing are like the – they're like the Wish.com fighter planes <laughs> of the U.S., right? Yeah. Even our – like we give the F-35 or whatever it is, like all this like, like oh, piece of crap planes, blah, 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 yeah. over budget, whatever. Like any other country in the world would be like, if only <laughs> a piece of that plane. Yeah, but even it's it's beyond anybody's technology, and so that leaves either. I like, mean, it's beyond you... our understanding of physics. Like it's not even like new technologies. Like oh, we just in, like we'd have to really change how we use physics in our engineering. I mean, it's. Well, yeah, but so did in two in 1903. There's an article in the New York Times that said it would take humans one million years to learn to fly. And not two months later, the Wright brothers were flying. Yeah, that's true. Two months after it. So I think it's like, it just depends on the technology. And even then, you add, if you look at from 1903, and you add uh, whatever, 70 years to that, people were on the moon, which is our grandfather's lifetime went from ice A million years. Off. Yeah, ice getting dropped off from a horse. You know, to him complaining about cell phones and people, space people on the moon and shit, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's another hundred years from now going to look like? No, I agree. But that's also, I don't know, the technology aspect, like if you look at the 60 Minutes interviews, they're like, look, this is this is a technology that we can't even understand. Like, that's a real threat. We need to take this seriously. And it's just like... With well, what? Like, we, I feel like there's a failure of the imagination here if we're, like, trying to – if they're already thinking defensively. It's like this is so – this technology is so advanced. It's not something that we just come up with our version of it. It's like you have to rethink about who would even make this technology, and, like, they win. Like, it's not about trying to, like – make faster bullets you know? well, kind of. but maybe I, embrace a different sense of reality and like get on their good yeah. side <laughs> well, i don't know or, like, 
You know, that's, yes, I, I agree, but I think what it is is taking something seriously. And it's kind of like people turning a blind eye to something they don't want to know about, right? Or not, yeah. it bothers them and they don't want to think about. Or they have enough stuff on their plate, that's the last thing they want to try to think about. Yeah, like all the mil and a lot of the UFO reports don't get up that high because people are like, I don't, you know, it goes to some colonel's desk or something. They're like, I'm not dealing with this shit. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no way. Maybe Tic Tac is is like a hurududu, you know, like like a, what a car is to the rabbits and Watership Down because they they understand it, kinda that it moves in straight lines yeah. on these paths and it has these lights to like catch animals to squish them but they can't understand why but they understand it enough that one of the rabbits like jokes about it and says yeah that, but the like, rabbits aren't shouldn't be trying to come up with a defense mechanism against the hurry-doo-doo they've yeah, learned to so live good. with it yeah you learn to live that's with it. the best analogy i could ever imagine anybody saying about ufos that's perfect yeah that's well you, you know what, what movie it actually reminds me of that i think is kind of up her fire in the sky no uh tarkovsky <laughs> stalker did you, did you guys ever watch stalker by tarkovsky no i don't think so okay first off you should definitely watch this movie it's definitely a russian art movie from the 70s but whatever it's amazing uh, but yeah but, <laughs> but no it's, it's just do it just watch it you'll like it uh anyway it's based on this book uh, a Russian book, science fiction book from the 50s called A Roadside Picnic. And the basic, the basis of the book is that aliens come and they visit uh, Earth and then leave. But we don't really ever see them interact with them. But all the, this community of people are dealing with the after effects of their visitation in ways they don't understand. And the, the analogy is a roadside picnic. Like uh, in the 50s, our family is going on a, a, a long drive and they pull over on the side of the road and they have a picnic. And after their picnic, they leave. And then the animals return and there's trash from the picnic. There's an oil can that's poisonous. There's like, this uh, apple that's really delicious that they would have never found because apples don't grow there. You know, like there's all this detritus from this like near stop of these like roadside family picnic that totally up in the natural like community of this one spot. And so, which is a really good idea of a book, but the idea of the book and then the movie that's based on it, and you should just watch the movie because it's really, really good, is that no one knows what's going on but there's this area called the zone and like the oil can is gravitational anomalies you know or, and so the stalkers are these people that lead people into the area which is dangerous because physics change gravity acts funny your dream might come true <laughs> like you know like weird your understanding of dimensionality changes uh, but there's also like valuable things in there. So the, the the stalkers are the ones who know how to navigate the traps of these like uh, detritus from another civilization that's so far advanced that we we can't even recognize the detritus. You know, a similar film that came out in 2009 by the director Robert Vince that's worth looking into. What actually all of his movies are worth looking into. Have you guys seen any Robert Vince's films? I do not. I figure that was a joke, but I don't know it enough. Is he like Airbuds or something? Oh my God! Yes, he's Airbuds. But in 2009, he put out Space Buddies, 
Then... <laughs> I guessed it. I even guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's these five golden retrievers that don't really understand what's going on, but they kind of do. But you don't know how. It's just the way the things are. But they each have their own personalities. But what happens is they make their way onto a, a test ship and somehow end up in little doggy spacesuits and then they get launched to the moon and the I the... like you identify them by their collars or something or each has a jewelry piece like the Buddha dog or something not that I Yeah know. yeah no they've all got their own their own their style. Own the sports dog has a jersey and black lines under his eyes and he's in the sports <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! As the, so horrible. The puppies, like every day of shooting the film, each dog gets a new character too. You know. Yeah, not... they don't even care. It's a different <laughs> dog every day. If you have a ghost, the only way to defeat that is with heart, faith, and steel. In the end, there can be only one: Paranormal Insurance Company. Dolphyu.com. It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Find out at Dolphu.com. Oh, God. Oh, that's great. But anyway, that's, I mean, but that's like, why is the UFO report coming out now? And there's two ways. It's either because, like, the government won't be able to contain it is one. Or two, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, no one yeah. cares. Yeah, you know, I look, think yeah, X Files was right. It's all fake news. Who cares? Let's just put it out there and see if anybody has a better idea. Yeah, no one cares it's about so, anything anymore, other than weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, I, like we're yeah, we're like post truth in a way. So like, screw it. Let's not, let's let's like let it go. See what happens. Uh, so, but Chris, you talked about why are they appearing now? Like why? Are or, or why? I was saying, like, how are, how are we even recording them? Like, it's two, like a, okay, continue. Yes, explain. All right, so, two two reasons, <clears throat> or one's a theory and one is a reason. Like in two thousand four, is when we updated the U.S. updated all of their radar and tracking systems. Oh. So we like went we went to the next gen of radar and tracking and stuff. And the Nimitz was one of the ships and the with it. So that oh. that's part one. And then part two was a theory. I can't even remember what I was listening or reading to about this. I think it was actually Reddit, I'm sure. Yeah. So it, they, you're seeing a lot like the pyramid UFOs and all the other stuff in, in throughout time. And they talk about, I think we'll see them around uh, ICBMs. They've said there are stories about air force bases and just red balls of light that come in and stuff yeah and there's two two theories is either or three like one it, it, and all the ufos showed up when we started using nuclear energy and power and yeah the weapons. 1950s it kind of makes sense yeah like oops. like or 40s you know or, and, yeah, uh, although you maybe the foo fighters clearly but, 40 yeah but yeah i mean but it, actually, all of a sudden they appeared you know yeah. and and there's two there's a few things is it like an intelligence, I won't say aliens, but an intelligence checking up. Or like, what what the hell are you doing? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. uh, it could be that the most nuclear radiation and stuff is shielded with lead line stuff and everything, like Indy's fridge. 
and you don't, it doesn't have a lot of radiation that gets out of it, but neutrinos escape no matter what. So maybe they're cloaking or masking or whatever stuff is getting, is effing them up enough that we can see them or confusing them a little bit, or they need something, they're still getting energy off of it, and that's why they're always around nuclear-powered ships, underwater mm -hmm. or above, because they're also the underwater objects or whatever those are called a uso uh under uh unidentified submerged object Ooh, yeah as a species we're not doing so good i i just really am banking on aliens being as a savior one. thing not a savior but just like what should take us another, to the next step another alter an alternative path out <laughs> you know it like, won't be in our lifetime though well sure but that's fine we're just so bad at like basic survival and like resource management and it's like i kind of need an alien to be like oh yeah well there's a lot of earth you guys are really bad and you're screwed it's kind of but it's like well at least the other ones aren't you know what i mean like there's this something really extra devastating that if there aren't other like advanced species out there that like man we're the we're the best like that's so sad <laughs> like we're we're really pretty bad um like as you learn in terminator 2 it's in our nature to destroy ourselves <laughs> like so do you think and because um... the most depressing thing that we ever talked about on this podcast or we, we were kind of talking about um ai and is that idea that that precipice before enlightenment is like doom like the reason why there are no other known advanced species is because all species destroy themselves when they get to the point where they yeah. fermi's paradox that's what i that, i couldn't remember it i figured yeah. you would yeah like that's so depressing like and it kind of makes a lot of sense like or the great filter that's called the great filter yeah and like pollute. maybe maybe one species will make it through but like we won't we wouldn't even identify them as species because they're just transcendent balls of energy that like no longer need like self-actualization yeah totally but i i think that 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 doesn't like that seems more depressing uh i think i, I think that the alien thing I'm putting out towards the end of the possibilities of what these things are. I mean, I, I love aliens and I totally believe in, but, but the time we humans haven't been around for very long, you know, yeah. 300,000 years. So are you, are you, are you falling under the abyss theory? Is that they're here the whole time? Uh, that's a fantastic theory. I'll let you take that one. That's not, my theory is going to, melt your face off so i like but, that yeah uh, this theory was great because a amazing amazing movie one of the better movies ever made like in this this kind of millennium that it was made the late 20th century so good and bringing up the point the like we still know nothing about our oceans and what i love about water aliens is that they in an unidentified submerged object is that they that's how bad we are at technology that like we still can't really go underwater good <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like, but there, the idea that if there is another civilization that is kind of separate from us and they use water like the molecular structure of water is their advanced technology so good 
you talked about another thing of why can't we see the ships now? And I don't know if this is a myth or whatever, but when the Spanish ships would arrive on the shores of oh, yeah. America or whatever, like the they didn't possess see the ability to see them because they, it it's yeah. just it's too mind believable. It was like yeah. what the they couldn't physically see it except for a shaman. You know, was like, what the hell are those? Hey, guys, yeah. and kind of shook them like, that's there is stuff out there. Look, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, whoa, uh oh, <laughs> we're screwed. Yeah. So, but maybe it's the same thing with the UFO stuff. Just like people are like, uh, uh-uh, I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> and that's why yeah. even now they're seriously reporting on it, and the reporter always laughs before they ask a question on the UFO. And the guy chuckles. He's like, yeah, we're taking it very seriously. So you have to get past that mental thing. So I think it's like preparing mentally, like people have to be ready for it. And similar to different things, mm-hmm. ideas throughout history, you yeah. know, whether it's equal rights or whatever. Yeah. Well, well if you want to compare about. it, which I know you do, to the book Watership Down Again, it's called <laughs> The White Blindness. Yeah. Where if you just get freaked out enough, you just shut it down. You go thorn. You go thorn. Like those t-shirts, the thorn t-shirts, which I I think we should resurrect for our website. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, I almost flipped out. And you guys know this story, and I might have talked it before. My, My UAP experience, I have one at a... I mean, I actually, I told you both about it. So wait, wait, just... one one more time really quickly. What does UAP stand for again? The uh, Unexplained Aerial Phenomenon. All right, continue. Anyway, I just want to work in that Muppet song as much as I can in this episode to keep it light. So my my personal experience with an aerial phenomena was... In my front yard at five in the morning, it was still very dark. It was when before was work, maybe it was during the lockdown. Um, hmm. I was walking the dog in the front yard and I looked up and there was a, uh, it was a light. It was the same size and brightness as one of the stars, but a little bit bigger. And it was a clear night and it was flying through the sky. Like it was going pretty fast. And then I was like, what is that a satellite or an airplane? It was somewhere in the middle for size and speed. And then there was another one behind it and they were traveling in a straight line. And then one of them went blip and just went away. And then the other one went blip and I looked and there's like three more. And I saw a line of them and it just scattered in various ways, all the same size, but at one specific point on the horizon, which for that height was like right above my house would just be like blip blip and in my head i was like it's happening (laughs) this is it and i don't know how to handle this i don't know how to like again like you had said i don't know how to rationally go up to somebody and say excuse me this is (laughs) real i saw this and i'm a little bit freaked out about it right now because there's shit going on and i'm not a part of it but i'm afraid of it and i don't know what to do about it but after like 15 minutes of trying to find other people a similar experience, it was Elon Musk's uh, satellite train that he's been. Uh, and I looked up videos.
videos of it, it looked exactly like yeah. it. Yeah, Starlink. It, what, that's what it was. It was Starlink. Um, God, that scared the living <laughs> out of me yeah, for a solid 10 minutes though yeah what, what a great experience some people go to movies and spend a lot of money to like feel slightly like they uh transcend their uh daily routine you you got to live that for a second i was on uh, my porch on the last house our last house in uh south side and uh it was like dusk and i look up and i see a light orange ball in the sky streaking across and then make a slightly upward turn and disappear i was like please 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 don't be an explanation for that and i immediately like hit the phone to like look up stuff because the goddamn space station i i happened yeah. to randomly glance up at the sky and uh -huh. notice the space station go across like in a low orbit like in it it, it was picking up the sunset because it was uh. on the end in, in the the atmosphere pressure made it look like it flipped up and disappeared, but it wasn't. It was just the atmospheric distortion and then like yeah. going out of range because it goes super fast. But yeah, I, I get it because I got so excited and I was like, please, 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 please. But I mean, you know, as soon as everyone Googles on their damn phone, like you did, Tim, I'm sure you like looked it up real fast and I was like, oh. Uh, I'm okay. Last thing before I get to uh, how I'm going to blow your mind. And I like this theory a lot because I don't think. Orson Scott Card, I guess he's kind of a dick for his personal beliefs or something. I don't know. I don't even know what they are. Something about global know. warming. He's Mormon. Stupid. He's oh, Mormon, and that well, do I don't it. know. It's yeah, it's, there's it's, some it's weird because he has some weirdly sci-fi books that are pretty like. Yeah, uh, that's just very, surprising. Very progressive, to me. very progressive. He he, I feel like he showed the true potential of the internet and today's problems and Ender's Game if you remember those kids were yeah. on blogs on the internet and it was written in like 1984 but it was not even like a concept of anything yeah. but they were on well that's why science fiction blogs. is good yeah they, in the and later they continued to even as 12 year olds like his inter sister was like moving nations with the internet because it was uh um, you, the it, age or identity didn't matter because it was all anonymous and all this stuff yeah. and, you know, her, her writing, whatever. But another, like, less known series, Memories of Earth, which I think is, is kind of, I, I, I'm rereading it on this trip. It's one of the oh. books I got from the used bookstore. And I, I, I got it because I was thinking about the the UFOs or UAPs or whatever. And it's a really interesting concept of like humans destroy earth, like in the distant future, but there's another planet that's mm -hmm. habitable. So we move all the humans over there. This is like a, a long time ago, super long time ago. Yeah. And they put up a satellite to watch over earth and the satellite is called Oversoul or, or something in it. And it kind of controls, like people are genetically engineered to the point where the satellite can kind of guide them if they're being guided in a way that would destroy the world again. Yeah. And it worked great forever, like a million years or something, yeah. like a long time. And But what happens is the satellite's starting to break down and the satellite's like, oh, these people are gonna, uh, I can't simply guide these people anymore. Yeah. I'm losing control. Uh, they're going to kill themselves the world and destroy this world within a thousand years I need to act now before all my systems fail so the computer or the satellite picks like 10 people that it's uh, 
10 people that it's um, still connected enough to or can still mm-hmm. like receive messages and just call, talk to them in their heads and be like, okay, listen up. <laughs> this is going to freak you out a little bit. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> <some space. laughs> <laughs> like I'm a satellite up in space. There's some spaceships. You're gonna have to go get in those spaceships and fly off and go repopulate the Earth. You're gonna need to do these things. And so, you know, I, I'm sure it's an allegory for like religion or something. But I thought it was kind yeah. of interesting. And and maybe our, you know, if you, you go with the zoological explanation of all the stuff of Earth, like there are aliens, but there's kind of like a bubble around our solar system. Yeah. Or something. So, like, you know endangered species or you know interest yeah. we're seeing what happens you know maybe uh maybe that stuff's aging and you know stuff starting to pop out or come through or something uh i one other thing before I, i'm gonna go into the mind-blowing is like <laughs> I, I was listening to mysterious universe today about uh which is like really funny because i like how the Australian guys make fun of whoever they're interviewing or talking to. Yeah. They take it super seriously, but they always start chuckling like while they're talking about it and stuff, like when it gets they get crazy. Uh, but uh, parallel universes. So like if there is That's uh, what I thought you were gonna go. That's that's, that's where I not mine, for... that, that's okay. not what I'm doing. That's uh, not gonna Okay. Do. That's yeah. what I Okay. This is I'm leading up to my thought process and what I was listening to to get there. But I did like okay. I did like it where and you could go different ways. And two, with the with the parallel universe, there's two different ways to think about it. One is like dimensionally, like we're talking about different dimensions or something. Yeah. And like if you were a 2D cartoon and or you're a two-dimensional object and somebody puts their finger on the paper, you're only going to see a complete circle. You're not going to see everything else. And so maybe the weird pyramid or the Tic Tac or whatever, we're just mentally only seeing in the dimensions that we, we exist in. Or exactly. exactly. And so it could be just part of what we're doing. So there's that. The other thing is, like, you could go into it like the butterfly effect of every choice you make creates another dimension. And every other, every person, every choice you make and every choice the dog makes and everything else, everything that's yeah. happening is splitting into infinite bajillion. Yeah, in a, in a complicated way that we never could even. Yeah, it's too many. It's like forever. So what if there are some little slips or like a parallel universe, like. You know, every black hole may be have another universe in it. Every time a black hole is created, it's starting a big bang and an alternate yeah. thing. And maybe some places it wears thin and the, these things pop through. So it's not really necessarily aliens. It's just a different reality or whatever. Right. Or, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. OK. So that, that those are the two. That's what I was thinking about with the parallel universe was kind of funny. Really? Astonishing Legends. Uh, they had a great three part series on crop circles. Oh, yeah. And so crop circles, uh, people have studied, done everything. They're more complex. A lot of people admit, hey, I did this. You know, they're at this point, it's almost like a commercial for some of them, like a new chip coming out or something. Somebody will pay somebody to make a crop circle. And one of the early crop circle people that were studying crop circles after a while, like he came out with a new book or something like 10 years ago or whatever uh-huh. in the 80s and 90s. He, came, he, he decided that 80% of all crop circles are easily explained by people. Like people yeah. obviously did them. Yeah. 20% he cannot explain whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then um, he later came up with the conclusion, it doesn't matter <laughs> if people or something else made them. Yeah. The question is, why are they being made? 
Yeah. And he gave an example of this guy that faked crop circles. Like, that's something he did for fun. Like, he was an artist. Yeah. And he was going to bed, and he got out of bed. He was like, oh, my God, I've got to make a crop circle tonight. He got got in his car. He drove out to some field, got out, and he's like, I think I hear people. I don't know. And he went into the field, and he made this, like, flower-looking shaped crop circle all night. Like, it took him all night. He made it. It was a cool-looking crop circle. went away. There was a group on the hill of people meditating to a mandala. Oh, uh, yeah. Of the shape mm. of the crop circle he made. Yeah. And so the whole point, the guy was like, it doesn't matter. You, you can say it's aliens or coming from the earth or magnetic field or people. Like, what if mm-hmm. it's like, it's really an embodiment of like human consciousness yeah. that other people are picking up on or magnetic energy or who knows what. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I thought that was like a really cool way to wrap that to how they wrapped the crop circles. Or like, does it even matter? Yeah. You know, the crop circles. Make? They exist. What, what's compelling the guy to fake, quote unquote, the crop circle when the whole time he's, you know, somebody's like forcing him to do it like a robot. Yeah, totally. You know, which I thought was a, like a cool way, a cool way to do it. And then I started thinking about like that stupid. I think it it's so stupid with. um uh what did you the secret movies or whatever which i yeah yeah which i didn't finish i didn't even i I couldn't watch it i couldn't watch it that book was going around my office and i handed it back to somebody i was like get away from me yeah i don't think so it's a bad book it's 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 like a book book is that i'm secret it's kind of based on new thought is the is yeah it's so it's kind of like thought controls reality and so it's like it's kind of a, a it's kind of like a classic new age book that is like take control of your life by like yeah. by oh, it's, utilizing it's, the life that you want and and it really works for some people who I guess a are very materialistic approach. It is it's like you Indian want concept. money, but it's like it's yeah. really it's it's because it's, it's terrible. It's like, terrible. Yeah, it is. It it makes me feel sick because the guy was like in the movie part, and I turned it off. We were watching it. Mary's like, "If you want a BMW, you have to picture yourself in that BMW. You have to drive and imagine yourself holding a BMW and the steering wheel. And eventually, you know what? You're going to be in that BMW, which yeah. is like the most disgusting thing you can do with like some reality thing. But yeah, like you get shift reality, and that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, it's a five series. Okay, it's an M5." But uh, uh, on that same theory, uh, in remembered that book Dad uh, had us read. He knew the author, Evolution's End. No, I didn't finish it, but I, I, I never. He never gave it to me. That's because it got stuck at me, and it's still <laughs> in my loft. Okay. You're not, yeah, you're not. I'm all right with it. It's it's okay. It, it was actually really good. Yeah, awesome book, good. and it goes to like the thought. Uh, what is it? The brain cloud or the thought where everybody's uh, like a universal the, consciousness yeah real sure. soup or something yeah the like cosmic the, soup of the conscious mind I mean, I'm, or something. I'm all right with that I'm yeah gonna... and it's a so with that whole thing <clears throat> my thought is that people are willing like as a society as a universal conscious we're willing ufos into existence yeah. and it's kind of sputtering a little bit because no one really it's not fully formed yet we're just kind mm-hmm. of like eh, you know and that's why i think what's interesting is then like the the back in time the ufos were clunkier than they are now 
like the mm -hmm. in the worst of the imagination like uh the great the, my favorite ufo thing was from the mothman when you had ingrid cole like yeah. it was like this yeah. ufo that came down and like what time are we like it was like really weird but his ufo was like a sideways cadillac that was hovering above the road <laughs> yeah, exactly you know so it, it's really like how much of our consciousness is actually bringing this around uh in the first place yeah and, and, uh, like and so, a mass hysteria well no not, but no not no, 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 it's no, a mass not slow. we're creating this reality ourselves yeah like, like that like we're, we're bringing our... it yeah, and that's where the secret that he was saying comes into it. I swear to God, if Jerry O'Connell gets out of that that UAP phenomena. <laughs> yeah. And here's where I'm going to prove my theory. Okay. It's a sliders. It's a sliders theory. It could be. I don't care. It could be a sliders theory. No, it's more like our our collective like consciousness is it's it's actually, you know what I call this theory, Nate? I call this poltergeist theory. So like the that's idea of, where the mind blowing is, Chris. Uh, you already right. came to my conclusion. You came to my conclusion. All right. Okay. Awesome. No, All right. Chris go finished Nate, it. Go Chris for it. it. No, no, no. Chris finished it. He knows what I was going to say. So it's it's like an egg. Is it called an egregore? It's like so. A poltergeist is not a ghost. A poltergeist is a human who doesn't realize that who has a lot of turmoil like energy wise and doesn't realize that they are in fact controlling their environment. So like a poltergeist isn't a ghost opening up your cabinets and throwing your plates around. It's you opening up your cabinets and throwing your plates around because you're creating it. Now that energy keeps building it. It, it becomes um, what's called, what's the name of it? A, um, a self-actualized. Like well, it's sort of, yeah. So it, the poltergeist becomes uh, sentient. So the poltergeist, which was an energy that is created by humans that, you know, throws silverware and rearranges furniture, you know, like slides chairs around, slowly becomes um, fully, it, it becomes its own agent after a while. Uh, and then it kind of no longer needs the host to project the energy into that idea. Uh, and so it becomes kind of yeah it's its own entity at that point it's a it's called a fully manifested uh poltergeist Class five yeah, so, <laughs> but 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 that's just it like it is no longer no longer need if i'm if i'm creating a it's its own thing it's and that's why poltergeists are usually around teenagers it's like they just have a lot of wild like psychic energy like going crazy and they're really emotional and they can do stuff sometimes if it's not treated like they don't mature or they don't have an outlet for that energy and left unchecked it becomes its own thing that teenager moves to another city that thing is still in your house uh then there is the idea of group uh group uh poltergeist or that's where the word i can't remember it's like egregor or well it's the idea that a group creates the thing so enough people believe in the thing that it actually manifests into reality right so collective yes. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what, and so I'm, I'm going up the long route to where you're going, which yeah. is we as a group, as a species, finally reach a stage where we all believe that this thing exists. It actually is beginning to exist. Yeah. Out, and, outside and, of our understanding of it. And to take it past, and this would be the unified theory 
okay. uh, of all paranormal stuff. Exactly. And you can go back in time and think about werewolves and stuff. And it goes, this is the best part is it can go both ways. Yep. We say like as a society, we're scared that we're in France in 1700 or whatever. And we're creating the beast of whatever the beast is. But from that time period, I can't remember. Yeah. From that movie. What was that movie? That's so awesome. The French one with the werewolf? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, like The Brotherhood, or The brother, brother yeah. of the Wolf. Brotherhood yeah, of the brother Wolf. Of the wolf. No, it's uh, Robert Vince's 2012 movie, Treasure Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor, yes, you you poor bastard that you haven't watched a movie since your first childhood. Oh, God. <laughs> Treasure Buddies, fuck yeah. But anyway, uh, Chris, you should actually give Spooky Buddies a chance. But anyway, go ahead, Nate. <laughs> they, uh, so say we all believe in werewolves, or at the time in medieval Europe, we're believing in werewolves, and people are getting sliced and killed, right, by werewolves. And God knows that werewolf is real as shit. Yeah. But then as we need to go as a society, as a group, people are like, no, this can't be a werewolf. Guess what? A new explanation happens like a lion clad in armor or something is manifested to explain the other way in the yeah. subjective reality that we're all living in and going yeah. back and forth between uh, paranormal, unexplained, scientific, whatever, yeah. right? Back and forth, back and forth. And that's the whole history of humanity. And at this point for UFOs are our werewolf from the year 1730 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, and so it, I'm with I you 100%. Of, I like this. I'm going to prove... I'm going to prove what, not this part. I think, I think I'm right, you know, but I'm going to prove. Well, I'm a big believer in unified theory that you just like, I like, like the idea that aliens and ghosts and the, like, this is all like connected in the same kind of rethinking reality, rethinking the, um, um, accepted version of reality. Uh, anyway, I keep interrupting. Yeah. Yeah, no. I like it. I'm into it. I'm I'm a yeah. big fan. And the Yeah, uh, no, I um I like it, but that's also kind of sad because that means we're still alone. We're just creating uh almost like an interactive uh yeah, VR but it means situation. Not. Not. It makes it But real. they're real. Like we're create but 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 like yeah, I mean the, I mean this is also not to get on another route but like this is like the basis for like chaos magic too like this is the idea that like like all it takes is like will and directed energy and like you can transform reality and whether we do that as a group or if we do that with intention doesn't really matter we're still doing it and like altering our reality through like belief in a way was that was that like wait no tim before we is that Crawley? The, is mm. Crawley the golden thing? Crawley's golden dawn. Crawley is not chaos magic. Chaos magic is is nineties. Uh, chaos. Who's the woman you were talking about? Mm. Blavatsky. Oh, Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky. She's she's Crawley's era. Uh, I don't think Crawley and Blavatsky liked each other. Who's uh, better if you had to choose one to fight in a magic fight? Uh, Crawley has actually murdered people, so I'd probably put. 
but and he claimed it not not magically he like he's like i got robbed and while hiking the himalayas so i murdered the people who were trying to rob me like what well, that was like, like Car- it was like 18, yeah it was also like 1890 so it was like whatever yeah what else <laughs> were they himalayan yeah yes i was a, you even are you a, a rich british man <laughs> hiking the himalayas anyway uh blavatsky yeah no crawley's different but i mean crawley still has religions that follow his books blavatsky didn't last as long but the 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 idea chaos magic came later where crawley why he wouldn't be chaos magic is crawley is ceremonial magic where you have to wear a robe and it has to be a specific color and that color means something and wait who is that this is crawley uh, all he wanted. He had all the rules to magic. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, that's why it's ceremonial. That's ceremonial magic. They're like, but with oh, Crowley, didn't yeah. you have to like earn your the ability to just sort of detach right after you die, so you don't go to that next level? You could that's stick around. That's the Himalayan thing, by the way. Yeah, which probably stole. Right I mean, the the ceremonial magicians were all stealing from Eastern, like reincarnation like the idea of the solar body, all that stuff they took from the East. It's not like they were being that inventive with it. Um, the chaos- We need to do a whole magic episode. I know. And like, so the chaos magicians were like, you know what? You don't need a wand or a sword or a specialty ham embroidered triangle hat. You could just do it with a pencil. And like, it's cause it's not the apparatus, it's the will and the personal like energy to like manifest. It's not actually the mumbo jumbo stuff. Like that's just- Dude, that's, that's a good Nate tattoo, chaos magician. Yeah, I mean that's that chaos. It's a real thing that you know the the lead writer of the chaos magic movement uh, is a Carol. It's Peter Carroll is the main person. It, 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 it the the chaos magicians are annoying. They're kind of like the punk rock of the magic world in the '90s. So they're a little like they love saying like "fuck your 1990s. Sister. 1990s. They like, they would Fuck your yeah. You know, like you already know what they look like. They're all in bands. They all like they're like they we like don't vampires. need your robes, and, but they were very revolutionary because they're like you know what you don't need to be a rich British man with like a thousand dollars to like spend on a gold amulet, you know like you can do that with a piece of paper, you know like it's the same thing because it's all that's just helping you, like you don't need a wand you can do it with a spoon if you like put enough belief in that spoon. But What's I feel that? like we're, we're losing your thought. Uh, yeah, I, no, it's okay. I, I got just one more shot. part to that. <laughs> um, the uh, so let me go. Uh, just to, I'll finish it off, right? Yeah, let's let's. And, and here it is. And here's and here's my proof that the secret works, or the idea of like some some subjective reality where if enough people wish for it, it's and it. But the thing is, it's like any wish, right? That you really wish for is like the monkey's paw yeah. and the the whatever comes out you make your wish it, it doesn't come out in the way you want it to mm-hmm. and the three of us did this oh yeah the monkey's paw we did monkey's paw something because we wished so hard our entire lives and it started in 1989 and then in 2008 
we got Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, we. I would say that. I feel like we did. We did manifest. We <laughs> manifested. We resurrected and Indiana I will Jones. Say we should take this opportunity to publicly apologize for it was our the fault. Guys that we brought into this world, which is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Even Harrison Ford was like, "Oh, why am I compelled to do this? I he don't." Woke know. Up in a, like a fugue state he's like did i do that i don't even remember to me about you're talking about willing something to into exist existence and you wish for something but it doesn't uh come out the way you want which is not only the plot of robert vince's <laughs> santa buddies 2009 but it was also the plot of robert vince's Santa Paws, The Search for Santa, 2010, and also Santa Paws 2, 2012. Nice. And Santa Paws, they're all golden retrievers, except one is white, which is obviously not a golden retriever. It would be a great Pyrenees. Great Pyrenees. Yeah. So uh, to, to backtrack a little bit, because I didn't realize I had gotten short out, on um, willing... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull into existence. We did it that. Was, it, we did that. The three of us, I think, are like 80% responsible. <laughs> for that. It is. It is. The it's other, t- the other 20% yeah. are Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford and uh, the Charlie. other kids. Indiana Jones 5 that's filming right now with 79-year-old Harrison Ford. We'll oh make God. up for all of our horrible wishes. Or maybe that's the second monkey's paw. So, no, no, no. <laughs> it, or I think Alien Alien versus Predator, one of those. I don't know. Indiana Jones uh, 5 is the new Tic Tac. It's out of our control now. It's <laughs> like true. manifested Crystal Skull, but now it's self, self-contained <laughs> and fully manifested. The uh, three of us totally manifested because, like, if you combined, like, if we all, you all made us have a like you induced a coma in the three of us and we had to dream and you were like you will dream about indiana jones but we're all kind of messed up or tim has a headache you know chris has to wake up early i'm drunk i don't know like that movie (laughs) would be the combination of like whatever nightmare we had about unbridled indiana jones uh um manifest yeah oh just so terrible so that that was our fault um I'm sorry. Yeah, and and apologize. Yeah, so the riddler this week is to write in or call in or send a recorded message of you explaining the most um, intense uh, UAP uh, uh, experience that you had in your life as a as a long-time listener to this book. Yeah. <clears throat> Email it to wizard at dwarfyou.com d-o-r-f-y-o-u.com or tweet it at a-a-o podcast on Twitter. Don't do Instagram because I don't check it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs>